Do you love Jesus this morning? This morning, as you all know, on Sunday mornings, we've been in a series on Sunday mornings called Love Expressed. And we've been talking about how we express our love through our worship and, and how we express our love to God through our worship. And so normally on today, I would keep that series going because we all know that the month of February is our month of love. And I hope all the men in here got your spouse or got your significant other a gift so you won't be in the doghouse the rest of the week. And so, we again, we know that February is our love month. And so I wanted to preach on love and expressing our love to God. But as you turn to Luke chapter 3, God changed my message this morning. And if you will, for a few moments... Just come on in here and help me preach this morning. As you turn to Luke chapter 3, I want to share with you how all this came to pass. Monday night, I was laying in the bed, and it was about 9.30. I could not sleep. I had, the Lord was on my mind, and it's like the Lord began to deal with me. And my wife came into the bedroom about 9.30 and saw that I was still awake. She said, honey, are you okay? And I said, I'm fine. She said, why are you still awake? I said, God gave me a word. And ever since he's gave me that word, that word has literally burned in my heart and has burned in my spirit. And I thank God I'm finally at the pulpit to where I can get this word out of me. If I had to title this message, it would simply be called Tiptoes. Tiptoes. The word that God gave me, and if you were here Wednesday night, I told the, the ones that were here with me on Wednesday night Bible study, as we concluded the service, I told everybody, when you leave here, I want you to have one word on your heart, and I want you to have one word on your mind, meditate on that one word, and bring it back with you Sunday morning. Because I already knew what God has laid upon my heart for this morning's service. And I told Wednesday night that word was expectancy. Expectancy. Luke chapter 3, beginning in verse 4. Luke chapter 3 is what we would call the divinity chapter. Where we have Zechariah and Elizabeth uh, had a son, and that son's name was called John the Baptist. And John literally means, in the Hebrew, John means Jehovah is gracious. God was so gracious enough to use a man by the name of John the Baptist to pave the way. He called him, he, he called and ordained him to be the way maker because it was John the Baptist who prepared the way for the Lord to come through. And so now we have John the Baptist who was called, and, and if you would ask my own opinion about John the Baptist, 
John the Baptist, in my opinion, was the biblical time Billy Graham. Because we all know Billy Graham had crusades of tens of thousands, and Billy Graham never changed his message. He never preached a four-part series on how to get wealthy or how to be prosperous. He, all he preached was Jesus and him crucified. All Billy Graham ever preached was uh, heaven is your home and sin is hell. And he preached that Jesus was the way. He never changed his message. And he had tens of thousands of crusades and people that would come to hear Jesus and him crucified. And now you have John the Baptist who is preaching repentance. He is repentance. Uh, preaching, uh, 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 preaching, and he's preaching Jesus, and he reminds me a lot of, of Billy Graham in biblical times. And so, if you have Luke chapter three, beginning of verse four, and it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, saying, "The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord." Make his path straight. Every valley shall be filled. Every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight. And the, and the rough way smooth. And all flesh shall see the salvation of God. Then said to the multitudes. So therefore I want you to have a picture in your mind. Of John the Baptist is now standing at the river Jordan. And he has a multitude of people. If you understand what multitude means. It means thousands of people were gathered together. And it says that came out to be baptized by him. Blood brood of vipers who warned you to flee from the wrath to come. Therefore bear fruits. Bear fruits worthy of repentance and do not begin to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. For I say to you that God is able to raise up children to Abraham from these stones. And even now the axe, now this is what got their attention. And even now the axe is laid to the root of the tree. Therefore, every tree which does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So the people asked him, saying, What shall we do then? He answered and said to them, He who has two tunics, let him give to him who has none. And he who has food, let him do likewise. Then the tax collectors also came to be baptized and said to him, Teacher, what shall we do? And he said to them, Collect no more than what is appointed for you. Likewise, the soldiers asked him, saying, What shall we do? And he said to them, Do not uh, intimidate anyone or accuse falsely, and be content with your wages. And number 15, that's where it is. Now as the people were in expectation. Uh, and all reason in their hearts about John, whether he was the Christ or not. I've got some more reading, but I'm going to stop right there. That's our word for this morning from God. Now, as the people were in expectations. And so now you have John the Baptist. He is standing at the River Jordan, and he's got all this multitude of people standing right there by him, and he's got their attention. When he started talking about if you don't bear good fruits, the axe is at the roots and it will be cut down and, and thrown into the fire. 
Church, I, don't, I want to understand something. When is the church going to be in expectations again? When is the church, and another translation of that scripture right there, in expectation. Another translation says they were on their tiptoes. And when so when the reason they, they were questioning whether John was the Christ or not is because you've got to study John's ministry. John's ministry was very unique. John's uh, ministry was very profound. It was very out of the ordinary kind of ministry. And so they see this man doing things and saying these things and preaching and teaching these things. And they're thinking, wow, this cannot be all man. This has got to be the Christ. But look what he says. And when he answered, he said, John. John answered saying to all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I is coming, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to lose. He will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. When is a church going to be on expectancy? When is a church going to be expecting? It seems like when we come to church, it seems like we come in as church as usual. We sit down because we know the the pastor's going to get up. He's going to open up the service. He's going to say a few things. He knows there's going to be a few singings, uh, songs being sung, and we, he knows he's going to preach a little bit, and then we get up and we walk out. When, when we need to come into church with expectancy, like they were here, then and when, when they were most expected, when John did not take the glory for what they said or what they're questioning him, he said, I'm not the one. He said, I'm only the one who baptized you with water unto repentance. But there's one that's coming greater than I who will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. I want to say this. When we need to come to church with expectancy, what is expectancy? Expectancy is a, th- is a state of thinking or hoping that something, especially something, Something pleasant will happen or to be the case. We need to come to church expectancy and having a, a heart and spirit full of expectancy every time we come to church. Even before we ever get out of that car, we we got to have a mindset. Before I even walk through those two doors, I'm going to come and meet my Lord. I'm going to come and, and receive a word from Him. And see, too many times we come into the house of God and we come into church for seem like the, all the wrong reasons and the whole time we sit on the pew, we've got our minds over here and our minds are over there. We're worrying about the people on this side of the church. We're too focused on the people on this side of the church. We've had people run people off. We've had people scandalize and we've had people put other people down. But if we come in the right mindset before we ever even get out of our car, I'm going to the house of God this morning and I'm going to worship Him. I'm coming with expectancy. I'm going to receive something. So if you don't like the fact that I'm here, well praise God bless your little heart. I'm going to praise God whether you like it or not. And I'm going to worship Him. Too many times we got our eyes focused even on the pastor. His style of preaching. Well, he's not he's not loud enough. Well, he don't speak in tongues enough. He don't run enough. He's too quiet. He teaches from the paper. He does this and he does that. When the whole thing of uh, matter, the fact is that when we come into the house, your eyes should not be on a man. It should be on the word that is being preached. It should be on the word that is given. It should because this 
word is the word for you. It's not how I deliver it. It's not my method or it's not my style. It's the word. It's the word that is preached to you. And if you come with the right expectancy, if you come with the right mindset, God, what are you going to say to me this time? What are you going to minister into my heart? And if you would get your eyes off of me, when I'm preaching, anytime I ever get behind this pulpit, I don't care if my eyes look down the whole time at this paper. Whatever I say that comes out of my mouth, I want you to re be reassured that those words are God-inspired or Spirit-inspired because it is what God gave me. We should always wonder, what is God trying to say to me through this man? It's not we need to focus on the man. We need to focus on what God is saying. What has happened to a church in America? What has happened to the church? And it seems like when we come, I can be uh, behind here on Sunday morning. I can preach Jesus is coming. I can preach that the dead in Christ shall rise and those that are alive and remain shall be called up together to be with him in glory. I can sit here and say that the eastern sky will split wide open and the king of kings and the Lord of lords will be on a white horse and he is coming for the people. And I can say that every single Sunday morning, but it don't shake in the hearts. It does not shake in your spirit anymore because the church has lost the expectancy of Jesus Christ. I'm going to tell you that Jesus Christ is still coming again. And people say, well, it's back, it's back when my granddaddy has preached that. My great granddaddy has preached that it has not yet happened. I will tell you the Bible is not void. It is not wrong. That Jesus Christ is still coming again. And it seems like I can preach that every service, but it does not shake in us. It does not stir our spirits. It's like we're not looking at the eastern sky anymore for the arrival of Jesus Christ. But yet let a weatherman on Channel 7 call for a quarter inch of snow and then all every human being in Madison County will run to the Walmart and get milk and bread to go home and God forbid they ever run out of milk sandwiches. They, they will call a quarter inch of snow and then it will stir them and, and, and it will stir them into where they have to go. They have to go. They have to get up. Then they have to get up and move. But when I say that Jesus Christ is coming again, it's like the expectancy of it is gone. What has happened to our church today? What has happened to a church in America when it seems like we have no more expectancy anymore? We don't expect anything anymore. And it's like we cry when we, when we seek God and we search for God and we pray and we say, God, I need you to move. I need you to intervene in this situation, whatever the situation may be. And it's like, I've got the faith. I believe. I know you can. It's according to your word. And then but it's like after we pray it, we lose the expectancy of receiving it. Then we wonder why our lives are like what they are. Then we wonder why we are, our prayers are not being answered. It's because we have lost our expectancy. Amen. Verse 17. His winnowing fan is in his hands. And he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor and gather the wheat into his barn. But the chaff will burn with unquenchable fire. What is a winnowing fan? If you study what a winnowing fan is, it's used in ancient times. It is a tool that they use to separate the wheat from the corn. Now you think where I'm going with this. God, Scripture says he has a winnowing fan in his hands. 
I believe God is looking for a church that has people that who come into his house with expectancy, willing and wanting to receive from him. He's got his winnowing fan in his hands. And I'm, I believe he's winnowing out the ones that are separated from the grain to the corn. He's like, who will serve me? Who will seek after me? Who is going to worship me? Who's going to call upon my name? Who's going to come into my house? Each and every service expected to receive from me. Who is the one? Are you the wheat or are you the corn this morning? Ask yourself this. When I came in here this morning, was I the wheat? Was I the wheat man? Was I the one to come and worship? Was I the one that came expecting this morning? Or am I the corn? Am I the one that just sits there service after service and just come as church as usual? Praise God if I receive. Praise God if I don't. I'm just content and happy just where I'm at because I am uh, uh, I'm the corn. I'm the one that's not the wheat. I am the one who takes church as usual. And then I'm going to skip down to verse 21. When all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also was baptized. And while he prayed, the heavens was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven which said, You are my beloved Son, and you I am well pleased. I want to share something with you this morning. One reason I believe we don't come expecting anymore. One reason is because we're too much in the flesh. We are too much in the flesh. We have not put our flesh under subjection to the Spirit. And so therefore when we come to church, we are already in ourselves. We are in our own thoughts, our own feelings, our own emotions. And instead of putting all that into surrendering under subjection to the Spirit of God. Because we all do know that Scripture teaches us is that when, that we worship God because He is in spirit. We worship Him in spirit and in truth. But when we are in the flesh, we can't worship God who is in the spirit. And 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5. But know this, that in the last days perilous times will come. We're already in there. For men will be lovers of themselves. Flesh. Lovers of money. Flesh. Boasters. Proud Blasphemers, disobedient to parents, flesh, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanders without self-control, flesh, brutal despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof, flesh, and from such people turn away. Stay away from people like that. If we are in the flesh, if it seems like all we ever worry about is number one, if it seems like all we worry about is ourselves, what about me? What about me? What about me? We, we, we come into a place to where we don't care about other people. We don't care about our brothers and sisters in Christ because we have come in a place of I. And I will tell you this, you will never, ever receive anything from Jesus Christ as long as you have a mentality of I've already arrived. Amen. I'm preaching some truth and y'all get quiet. The quieter you get, the harder I'm going to preach. 
When we walk around in our flesh and we walk around with, I have already made it. Paul said, I strive daily. I die daily. I press toward the mark of the high call. That press means I keep going. I keep pressing. Whether I feel like it or not, whether I'm sick or I'm well, I'm going to keep pressing until the mark. And so when we come into the church and we think we've already arrived and we think our cup is so full that we can't receive another drop, we will never, ever enter into a spirit of of expectancy because we think we don't need anything else from God. Come on. Now I believe the church this morning is full of people like that. And then we wonder why we don't have revivals. And we wonder why the Spirit of God can't move anymore. I pray that each and every time we come in, the fire of God falls and everybody that comes expecting wanting to receive receives the very thing that they need. But if we can't receive from God, if we don't come in in the right mindset, in the right spirit, and have a spirit of expectancy, we will hinder the move of God every single time. Right. Romans 13, 11. And do this, knowing the time that now is high time to wake out of sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than we were than when we first believed. When you first receive Christ, when you first believe, the time is nearer now than it was when you first received Him. Not one thing that will keep us from uh, going into a spirit of expectancy, not only is our flesh, but also we're asleep. The church is asleep. The church has fallen asleep. I don't mean physically. Well, sometimes I'll see some sleeping on Sunday morning, but that's okay. I'm talking about spiritually. We have spiritually fallen asleep. Whatever happened to the watchmen of the church? Whatever happened to the, the elders of the church and the, and the deacons of the church who were our watchmen, who, who watched over the church, who prayed and, and stood in? Whatever happened to the prayer warriors that would stay in prayer and stay in prayer for hours and hours? They would travail in the spirit and they would pray for our church and pray for each and every one that was here. Whatever happened to the warriors in the house of God? Because we have fallen asleep. And I believe the enemy can walk up and down these aisles every single service and we will never discern that they are even here because we are falling asleep. We need to wake up. We need to arise up out of our slumber. We need to come in with our with our armor guarded on and put on properly and come into the house of God and say, I am here to receive from my Lord. I am here to receive from God. I've got some needs and I've got some prayers. I need answer from God. I'm going to come into the house of God each and every time expected. And even though I come into the house of God on this Sunday morning and I don't receive what I need. Hey, praise God, I'm going to come back Wednesday night. And if I don't get it Wednesday night, I'm coming back Sunday morning. Because each and every time I come into the house of God, I'm coming expecting from Him. Amen. Come on. Luke 21, 36. Watch therefore and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and stand before the Son of Man. Y'all remember the story of Jesus and while he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, he took Peter, James, and John with him. And he said, stay right here. Watch and watch while I go pray. And, and while he went and prayed. And this is right before he was supposed to be crucified on the cross. 
He, he, he prayed to the Father, and we all know that prayer. Father, take this cup from me, but if it be your will, your will be done. And he came back to the disciples and found them asleep. And he, and I'm trying to make a long story short, he goes back and prays again, and then he comes back and sees the disciples again falling asleep. And he looks at the disciples. He said, could you have not stayed awake for one hour? Could you have not watched for one hour? I believe the Spirit of God said that to us. Can you not stay awake for one hour on Sunday? From 11 to 12, can you not stay awake for one hour of a day to worship me, to hear from me, to, to receive the thing? Could you not for one hour come into my house with expectancy? Could you not stay awake for one hour? Our flesh keeps us from the, having a spirit of expectancy. And we are asleep, which keeps us from expectancy. And I'm going to read a quick story in Acts 3, 1 through 10. Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful. That name Beautiful stuck out to me. The, the meaning of Beautiful is the right hour. Or the right season. So they were at the right time and the right season. The man was, the lame man, to ask alms from those who entered the temple. Who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on him. I believe this man that was begging alms, I believe he saw something different about these two men. He saw these two men walking to him, and I believe the expectancy began to rise up in him. And to say, I've seen a lot of people come into this temple. I've asked on from a lot of people, but there's something different about these two men. And all of a sudden, his expectancy began to rise. In verse 3, who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms and fixed his eyes on them when John Peter said, look at us. So he gave them his attention. He gave them his attention. So he already was attentive to them, expecting to receive. He was expecting to receive. He had a spirit of expectation. He said, you have caught my attention. Because when he looked at him, when he took his eyes upon them and saw them coming, there's something different. And now he's got my attention, but now he's got my expectancy to receive something from them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but what I do have I give to you. But in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the, the temple with them walking, leaping, and praising God. And all up and all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they and they knew that it was the one begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. What are you saying? The gate of beautiful, in other words, or meaning is called uh, the right time or the right season. This man was in his right time and his right season. But he never would have received. Now, he was just begging alms. And see, he was at the right time, and he was in his right season. 
And he, even though he is lame, I want to tell you, sometimes in your, in your season, you may be lame. I mean, spiritual lame. It seems like you can't go, you can't walk in the spirit. It seems like, it seems like you're crippled in a sense. And I know we've all been there where we've all felt in some sense spiritually crippled, where it seems like we're not getting anywhere. But sometimes when we are in our season of crippledness, spiritual crippledness, where it seems like we just can't go anymore, we can't walk anymore, that's when God sends uh, uh, sends and makes a way for us to stand up and to and to uh, leap from joy to praise God and worship Him. But you got to understand, it was Him that got His attention and His expectancy. If He never expected to receive, like I said, expecting to receive something from them. If He never expected to receive, He never would have received. So what are you trying to say? Unless you are expecting to receive, it's going to be even harder for us to receive anything from God. And so when we come into the house of God, each and every time, we should always come with a heart and a spirit full of expectancy, waiting and willing to receive. Let's don't come in here with our, our flesh overriding our spirit. Let's don't come into church anymore and falling asleep. That America needs to rise up and put that flesh under subjection and, 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 and come into the house of God full of expectancy. As my wife comes and prepares to minister an altar, an altar call, I'm going to ask everyone to stand if you can and if you're able. Amen. I don't know about you, but that's the word that God gave me to tell the church it's time to start expecting. It's time to start walking in with expectancy each and every time that we come into the house of God. And as my wife sings, I feel like God led me to do this also. As my wife begins to sing a song, if you came this morning expecting to receive something, Whatever it may be, if that is you, if you come to expect something while she sings, let's come on and, and receive from God. Yes, we can see. 